0: where do you stop? Chapter 5 continues. As it never would be after classes started, the whole school was open to us when we prowled it in secret. From any point of view other than ours, I suppose, it was closed to us. But because all its parts were equally closed, once we had penetrated one barrier, We had penetrated them all. We prowled everywhere, visited every classroom, explored the machinery rooms, knew every closet and storage room, poked around in every office. As the end of the summer approached, we began to resent the fact that we were going to lose our exclusive relationship with the building. On one of our nighttime visits, we discovered that the entry hall had been laid with terrazzo, the flooring material most like life. To make a terrazzo floor, chips of marble are scattered in a soup of cement, like notable moments scattered through a life. And then, when the conglomerate hardens, the surface is polished so that the bright chips show to good advantage, glinting against the monotonous ground, as notable moments do in the memory. We knew that on the first day of school, a train of buses would discharge students into this terrazzo entry, so we wanted to lay claim to it, to walk all over it, cover it as thoroughly as we could make certain that we would be the first kids ever to step on any part of it, mark it as our own before the mob got to it. We walked, we marched, we hopped, we skated, and my mind began to wander in a direction that had become habitual, toward Rascal's sister, Ariane. She was on my mind more and more often. When I say that she was on my mind, I mean not only that I pictured her or heard her voice or cast her as the female lead in certain fantasies, though I did all of that, but there was something else too, an accompaniment to these thoughts of her, something like the background music in a film but an accompaniment for all the senses, a set of sensations that I cannot fully recall or describe, but which it seems to me resembled smoke, scotch, silk, and saxophones. This can't be true, since I hadn't tasted scotch at the time, but it's as accurate as I can make it now at the time of writing as a result i had begun to feel awkward in rascal's company my awkwardness resulted not only from the fact that i was preoccupied with his sister but from my unsettling discovery that the mere sight of him made me think of her made the light seem to dim summoned the aroma of smoke the taste of scotch the brush of silk a saxophone's moan. I had drifted into one of my reveries of Ariane while we were gliding around on the terrazzo. This one involved my being in that very building that very night alone with her instead of Rascal. Ariane and I had been wandering around the building hand in hand and had come to an open window, where the night breeze drifted in, bringing with it the pale moonlight. Standing there, dreamy-eyed, Arianne idly fingered the buttons of her blouse. One slipped open, then another, and, Damn, said Rascal, what, I said, or squeaked, caught. Some look must have betrayed my desires. It wouldn't have surprised me if Rascal had said, Damn it, Peter, button my sister's blouse back up right this minute. Instead, he said, Look at that. Nodding back at where we'd been, I saw in a slant of moonlight, much like the one that had illuminated Ariane, footprints of terrazzo dust before in the dark, we hadn't realized that a dusty residue from the polishing remained on the surface. Now we were tracking it through the school. Oh, I said, relieved. That, well, that's, that's nothing. Nothing, he said. It's evidence, and we don't want anyone to know we've been here. Oh, sure, that's right. Peter. He said, wake up, snap out of it. You've been in another world. You know that? Huh? Oh, you mean the way I kind of drifted off? I can explain that. It started while we were skating around on the terrazzo. You seemed to skate off into some other place. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's funny you should mention that. I think I know what it is. What makes you drift off like that? You, You do? Sure. He said, It's that imagination of yours. Your head's in the clouds. Not just in the clouds, in outer space. (laughs) I guess you caught me, said I, relieved to find that apparently he hadn't. You were probably thinking about, or had he? Look, I can explain, rascal, I said. The moon, right? He guessed. Well, look. I said, still in the confessional mode, I, and Mars. What? I asked, beginning to wake up. And the stars, he said, and the whole universe. Gosh, I said, truly amazed, I mean, that's, that's right, exactly right, how did you figure that out? Easy, he said. It was the moon that got you going. On the way over here, the full moon amazing, I said. Hey, I know how your mind works, he claimed. One little thing gets you going, and you're off on a train of thought that makes lots of stops. Any little station that comes along, you're liable to get off and take the next train that comes through. No telling where you'll wind up. You've got a strange mind. I thought it might be best to say nothing at all, about this conclusion, though I was relieved that Rascal didn't know my mind as well as he thought, and I was flattered to have him think that I had a strange mind. It was a good time to change the subject.